Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program, Smokin' and Toastin'. It's craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we are already up to show number 81, and that means we've done... A lot of drinking and smoking is what that means. That's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Cruz. My co-host and good friend Ian Barry is uh, here. Hello, everybody. Adam Anders on the Wheels of Steel. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Try the bacon. You will not be disappointed. It's awesome. And uh, and so how are you, man? Man, I'm good. I just had... Just had a great week. Smoked yep. some cigars. Oh, that's Fantastic good. times. We, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about, uh, obviously, uh, something that you and I have both sampled this week. We're going to talk about, uh, we have a couple of St. Arnold beers to try today and to sample, as well as something I've never had. Sweetwater Brewing Company, I've had some of their other beers, but I've never had this one. It's their Grass Monkey Wheat Ale with Lemongrass. So that will be very interesting to try. Those guys are out of Atlanta and uh, the uh, Sweetwater Brewing Company. And they make some great beers. I remember back like early in the craft beer um, explosion, sort of, that they seemed to be a, one that you could find. They were interesting because they were one of the less expensive craft beers. Like you could go get right. one of those 12-pack <clears throat> mix packs, like really right, right. economical, and it would have a bunch of different styles in it. And I was like, these guys are awesome. <laughs> I think now they're more you know competitively priced with everybody else. But the beer they make, uh, at least the other stuff that I've had, is still good. They have a really, really fine IPA. Uh, they have a uh, chocolate porter that I've had that's outstanding. I don't know. I've seen the label. I don't know that I've had any. I'd have to see the label yeah, before. It's I the one with that. the big fish jumping out of it. We'll show it to the camera when we get there. So uh, so that's going to be one of our tastings. We also have St. Arnold's Springbok, because it is springtime. Mm. And then a second St. Arnold, because you know normally we try to mix it up a little bit, unless we're having a brewery in as a, as a guest, of course. But um, I got a bottle of Divine Reserve 18. Yes. And so we'll be... There's we'll nothing be, wrong with that. We'll be a tasting. <laughs> so looking forward to that. Plus we have a uh, an artisan gin. It's Ruxor. Artisan gin. It comes in a very interesting artisan style bottle, as you can see there if you're on uh, Facebook Live or uh, one of the video feeds. So, uh, so we'll be tasting all of those today, and that that just has me all excited. We're gonna have a good time. Uh, we are absolutely. <laughs> Plus, uh, we have a really uh, something really interesting I want to share with you. Craftbeer.com is a great site if you're a craft beer enthusiast. Agreed. And <clears throat> they uh, put all of their listeners to the task to come up with the best craft beer bar in their state. So whatever state you live in, that was the state you you voted in. And uh, we have the compiled list. We have the best craft beer bar in every state. According that sounds to, like a blast. Yeah, 51, including Washington, D.C. So, I'm, I'm thinking road trip. Yes, yeah, so, exactly. Well, if you're planning your road trip for the summer, this is just so perfect. You want some of these <laughs> as destinations. I already, just looking at the article, I'm like, mm, we, we, we got to go on the road. This is great. <laughs> right? This is great. And we are going to be going on the road, by, by the way, in a couple of weeks. Because in a couple of weeks, we will be doing our show live from a yet-to-be-discussed closed location in the greater Los Angeles area. So our first show live from California. And so we'll be smoking some cigars and uh, drinking some California brews. So and it's going to be awesome. So, you know, we really want to expand the footprint of the show. So California is the next state we want to, we're, we're uh, coming know, to open our arms yes. to in a really, really big way. So, so if you happen to see 
couple of nuts out there, you know, drinking <laughs> and carrying on, uh, that's probably us. Uh, and if not, just go up to them and go, Ian and Cruz, and they'll go, what? Um, uh, so I'm really excited about this, though, uh, the best craft beer bar in every state. Plus, um, there could be a black market developing for cigars in New York. And we'll tell you why. Not to be confused with black market cigars. Right. No, this is an actual, like, buying cigars on the black market type of thing. And we're not even talking about Cubans. So uh, that that should be an interesting thing to, uh, to get into. So... Uh, very excited about that. It's been quite a week. You mentioned you'd had a few cigars. Is there anything that stands out that you want to mention that you've smoked that's interesting, sir? I do. I want to talk about <laughs> the Herrera Esteli Norteño. Oh, see, that's uh, well. I don't want to. I don't want to bias your review, but man, that's a good. Cigar. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sorry, I got a little carried away there. Right. This is uh, the second um, second issue from the Herrera. Um, Herrera from the Herrera name mm-hmm. on this, uh, and the Herrera Esteli was a fantastic cigar, and I think the first time I tried that was on this show when we were out at Friendly Fire. That's that's what he uh, that that's was, what he yes. recommended to us, which by the way was the first live show at a cigar uh, location cigar right. that we ever did. That was a blast! And wow, we had a good time with Mike. And so the, the Norteña is a Nicaraguan. Uh, a uh, cigar, uh, Mexican wrapper, uh, Honduras, uh, Bayaner, Nicaraguan filler. So it's from all over the place. Yeah, basically. it's all over yeah. the place. And it is a beautiful. Well, this is a Drew Estate makes this yeah, cigar. Drew Estate. Right? Yeah. Drew Estate, you know, they and their flavored cigars and everything else, they're kind of a, they're all over the place. They have their hand yeah. in so many different cigars. Mm-hmm. and But their quality control is outstanding, mm-hmm. you know, from head to toe. And this cigar is no exception whatsoever. This cigar lit, it's a powerhouse. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think I read one of the uh, things on here was described as a firecracker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's a huge flavor bomb. It's delicious. It's lots of pepper, um, but not too spicy, if, if that makes any sense. I do understand what you're getting at. Sometimes um, you can get the pepper on your tongue, but right. it's not like the cigar is a spice bomb. Right, right. So it's it's spicy, but not too spicy, but still lots of pepper. Lots. Of, it's everything I like in a cigar. You've heard me say these things a million times. It's espresso. It's chocolate. It's all those things with a big, super silky smoke that comes mm-hmm. out of it. And I love that, too, that big mouthfeel uh, that you get from those big, big smoky cigars you know mm-hmm. the thing burned right, right. perfectly it's all the way that, down yeah that silky smoke the other neat thing i noticed about this cigar was the flavor profile started off almost within the first eighth of an inch and Love just that stayed that way because sometimes it takes a while for a cigar right. to kind of come into itself oh. you know yeah. i had the initial light which was pretty big and a little spicy and then it calmed down slightly mm-hmm. and then just stayed there the entire way i awesome. uh and I smoked it down to down to my fingertips um, until it was just about burning me, and and just was still not wanting to put it down. Fortunately, I have a few more of these to enjoy. Uh, nice, humidor. that's so good. <laughs> I'll just mention it's not the cigar I was going to mention specifically, but um, you mentioned Drew Estate's flavored cigars. I have a, a few of those little blondies. Yeah, uh, the uh, acid blondies uh-huh. uh, sitting in my humidor and. I was looking the other day for just a very quick smoke because I didn't have much time, and I couldn't really find anything that looked like it would be right, and I didn't want to light even an expensive Robusto because I might have to, you know, I didn't, I couldn't find any cheap Robustos in my in my humidor. That's what I was looking for. And then I thought, oh, I'll just smoke one of those Blondies. And I smoked it outside on the uh, patio, and it was a windy day, and that baby smoked like a dream in the wind. Those you are, know? Those it was are, amazing. Yeah, those are great. And as a matter of fact, I think it was... Um, uh, a few like maybe three or four shows ago, I uh, reviewed the um, the uh, I'm blanking on it now the uh, dirt 
the big dirt. The dirt, yes, that big one, yes. And uh, and it's actually not that big of a cigar, but it's 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 kind of a small cigar, but it's uh, but it's called the Dirt Natural, and it's mm-hmm. part of that natural line, and it's got that sweetness on. It's fantastic. I mean, you yeah, go back and very, listen. To, very I think that was show seventy eight. We did that on, but um, um, I think I was wearing the same shirt on that show too. You may have, yeah. <laughs> That is a familiar looking shirt. Yeah. How about that? So, but anyway, so this cigar comes in, I think, ten to twelve dollars. Yeah. Um, in that price range, it's worth every single penny, oh, really? and maybe That's... maybe a little bit more. I was just so pleasantly surprised about the flavor profile and the construction. It was so impeccable on this thing. I mean, it, it's like one of those things where you grab it, you get it in your hand, and you feel how good this cigar is going to be before mm-hmm. you even light it. You know. Well. I think when we talk price to quality, uh, and w- what number would you give it? Did I'm going to give this a six. It's a little bit okay. better than with, even what I paid with for. With five, it. meaning you get exactly what right. you pay for. And I think I got that as uh, as a, I think I split a box with uh, with a buddy of mine with those. And so I'm thinking, actually, I'm probably going to have to give it a six and a half or a seven because I don't I didn't you pay that paid much a little for, less it. Yeah. for it. Yeah. No, so that's true. at what I paid. I think that you've got that even cigar auction buddy. I need a buddy. Yeah, like that. he's great like that. He's just, <laughs> he finds these great things auctions. and goes, "Hey, want to split it?" You're like, sure. Yeah, well, he's awesome. You like know, it. we were talking about the the whole price to quality thing. You're you're talking about a, a ten dollar ish cigar. Yeah. I mean, once you hit double digits with a cigar, yeah. for it to be worth more than you paid for it, for it to get more than a five, right, is really a pretty big it's deal. A, it's a really you know? good cigar, yeah. and, and like I said, the construction I was I, I was just blown away by how good the experience was with right. it, you know? Because there was nothing about it that you could possibly complain unless you just don't like that cigar. Right, exactly. And then I don't know you because that's weird. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> Who cigar. Who are you? You're right. a friend of mine. <laughs> what do you mean the cigar is uh, good? Uh, well, I smoked uh, just this last week a, um, a cigar that I've certainly had before, but it's been a while. It was a Rocky Patel Vintage 1992 Maduro. Oh, those are great. And uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, that's all right. I biased your review. You can bias <laughs> mine. It, it's, it's been a while since I've had one of these, so I was excited to see, and by, when I say a while, I mean like a number of years. So I was excited to see if the flavor lived up to the sort of flavor bomb that I remembered right. from when I smoked this in a review. You know, I've had a lot of cigars since then. My palate's probably changed, you know, plus... You know, can they keep the quality consistent over all those years? So, uh, the cigar had an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binders, and Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers so from all over the place, just like uh, just like what you just smoked. It was box pressed and beautiful. I mean, really a pretty cigar. Yeah. Uh, a wonderful uh, earthy pre light aroma. When I lit it up, it opened up and continued with an absolutely perfect draw. Any rumblings about Rocky cigars not being rolled well or as well as they used to or whatever can be totally put to rest. (laughs) This cigar burned like a champion. It was amazing. Earthiness and a bit of kind of sweet chocolate at first, and then that chocolate faded a little bit and was replaced by sort of a nuttiness and creaminess with hints of spice. It was definitely medium-bodied. It wasn't, you know, wasn't full. I wouldn't even say medium to full. It was right at medium. Uh, But it was full of flavor. And I have to say, it may actually be better than I remember. And you know, that was impressive. That cigar, that along with Rocky Patel's Decade. Uh huh. Decade's a great. I first smoke. tried those. I think I had a Cigar Dave subscription. Yeah. You ever watch yeah, the, or yeah, listen sure. to Cigar, Cigar Dave? I love Dave, that guy. Of course, yeah. Um, but uh, I was uh, one of his uh, subscriptions. You know, where yeah, Cigar yeah, of the where month. they picked the Cigar of the Month. And, and I yeah. think I got both of those from that. Yeah, and uh, and loved both of them, and really that got me uh, deeper into smoking cigars. Yeah. Love that cigar. Yeah, well, certainly the Rocky nineteen ninety two. That was one of my first sort of like 
oh yeah, I'm going to smoke a good cigar today. Yeah. I'm going to have a 1990 or a 1992 vintage, and uh, it may be actually better than I remember. Which you know kind of made me think, why has it been this long since I've had one of these? And I, it's, it's been the same for me. I haven't had one in years. I don't think uh, it's in a seven to eight dollar range. Price to quality, I'd give it a solid six. In my opinion, it smoked more like a $10 or $11 cigar. So, solid six for me on the Rocky Patel 1992 Maduro. Don't be afraid of it. I mean, and even Rocky has got so many more things in his line now, it's easy to go, well, I'll try the 15th, the or I'll try the private, right, yeah, or yeah. the old world, or, you know, yeah. like, and those cigars are all very good, but do not sleep on the 1992 uh, uh, vintage. It's just, it's absolutely worth it. Okay, so we are going to start, we're going to have to take more than 10 per uh, segment now, because we haven't done any of the first segment. <laughs> but we're going to start talking about the best craft beer bars in every state, and we will uh, taste us some St. Arnold Springbok coming up next. You're listening to Smoking and that Toasting. Sounds delicious. It is the program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We'll be right back. Welcome back, my friends. Smoking and toasting. Show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars heard around the world uh, and originating here in uh, Houston, Texas, which yes. is home for both Ian and myself. Although uh, home is uh, temporarily going to be Los Angeles in a couple of weeks when we do our that's gonna be uh, Live exciting. from LA show. So, yes. uh, details about where we'll be and what we'll be sampling and all that stuff uh, will be coming up if anybody's interested. And of course, if you are a Los Angeles area listener and you want to come by while we're doing the show, it'll be a blast. Absolutely. So, uh, okay, so we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. And in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Let's get started on this list because I'm pretty excited about uh, sharing this. Craftbeer.com is a great site. I just want to say that. And I didn't I didn't compile this list. This came from craftbeer.com. <laughs> uh, but they have a lot of uh, readers and people who go to the site very regularly and they <coughs> they basically polled them and said, okay, in your state, wherever you come from, what is, in your opinion, the best? Bar to get craft beer. And there were a few things they suggested for criteria, how many bottles and cans the uh, the bar would stock, you know, different varieties, how many were on draft and so forth. I mean, I'm a big fan of, if I'm going to vote a place the best, it's got to have a really good draft selection. Yes. Uh, bottles and cans are great, but... Uh, Oh, it's got to have good draft. So anyway, craftbeer.com uh, readers were asked to nominate their favorite and fill out a brief survey about what it makes it, makes it so great. There were nearly 8,000 votes cast between November and December nice. of last year. So it's a pretty big survey. We'll just go alphabetically. So we start with Alabama and Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Lusa Brews in Tuscaloosa uh, wins the Alabama crown. Uh, it was founded in 2014. They have 63 taps nice. and 300 available in bottles and cans. So it's part bottle shop, part arcade bar, and they pride themselves on serving the freshest Alabama beers from independent breweries. Nice. And see, so that's what I would really want. Like if I the went local, there, yeah. I, would be, I wouldn't want to go there and get something I could get at home. I'd want to be like, okay, I'm in Tuscaloosa. What am I going to do? I have no idea, but I am going to drink some of your local or, going to Lusa or regional beer. Yeah, so Lusa Brews. In uh, Alaska, in Denley Park, Alaska, uh, there's a place called Prospector's Historic Pizzeria and Ale House. I already like it, right? That sounds awesome. It does. Uh, it was opened in 2010. They have 53 taps and 
they say as far as bucket list destination uh, destinations go, uh, uh, Denali National Park needs no help. But for beer fans, having a place like Prospector's Historic Pizzeria and Ale House sure makes a trip a no-brainer. So an ex- <laughs> uh, they say expertly uh, curated list of draft beers and award-winning pizza. And also supposed to have great like patio views and stuff. So nice. if you're going to Alaska on one of those cruise, ask, cruises, ask if you're going to Denali Park and, uh, and, and check out the... Uh, uh, the the Pro- Prospector's <laughs> Historic Pizzeria and Ale House. It's a lot to say. Uh, in Tucson, Arizona, uh, the Arizona winner is uh, Tap and Bottle from Tucson. Tap and Bottle. My brother lives in Tucson. 20 draft beers plus one cask and 500 or more bottles and cans. And not 500 more bottles and cans, but different, different beers. 500 or more different beers. That's a nice. lot. So, and 20, you know, 20 taps is a lot. They pride themselves, they say, in being a gathering place for all to come together for the love of beer. And they have a sour beer festival every year called Where the Wild Things Pour, which nice. I thought was kind of cool, you know? You so, know, uh, so I could guarantee with all those selections in there, I would uh-huh. walk in and immediately order the cask. Yes. I love. Yes. I love it when they have the cask draw. Yeah. And because uh, it's drawn different and it's usually very low. Uh, Carbonation at all, right? High alcohol content. Those are my kind of beers. All the things you like. Everything I like about all the things you like. Like if you stick a spoon in it and it stands straight up, I'm fine with that. So in Little Rock, Arkansas, is the champion for uh, the state of Arkansas, uh, and it's called Flying Saucer. Now, interestingly enough, we have a Flying Saucer here in Houston that both you and I have been to. I can't tell from this if they are in any way related, uh, but their staff is passionate about beer, and uh, they say that. uh, they have a ghost beer program that puts the beer decisions in the hands of the locals. Nice. So in terms of what they're going to have on tap and, and uh, what That's awesome. It's a blind beer tasting of local beers. They get uh, local beer fans together for it. They do the blind tasting, and the stuff that wins is the stuff oh, that's brilliant. on brilliant. tap. Yeah, 170 uh, in cans and 75 on draft. That's a lot of taps. If you think about it, it's a lot of taps because you obviously lose beer from a tap, yeah. right? If you, you know, if you, let's say maybe you don't pour very many. Well, it you sits still got to clean out the lines and, and everything else. Right. right, right. So, so even though draft beer is less expensive for the brewery or for the uh, for the tap room or the restaurant, you still spill a lot, yeah. as they say in restaurant terms. I like my fancy restaurant lingo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Longmont, Colorado. Um, Adam was just talking about what a great uh, what a great state Colorado is uh, for craft beer in Longmont is a place called Samples that wins the vote for Colorado. It was uh, opened in 2015, 40 in bottles and cans, 28 on draft. So those aren't huge numbers, uh, but they say, consider yourself a connoisseur. Samples is the place and challenge for you. Test your palate with their Beer Quater Challenge. Identify all 20 beers in a flight, and you own yourself 500 bucks. Wow. Yeah, So they so they pour a flight. 20 beers, which, first of all, yes. Yes. <laughs> and and then you taste them, and if you can identify all 20 of them, uh, you win. Of course, 
I, I know I would never be able to do that. <laughs> I would try. But I would love to try. Yes, I would just love to Brilliant. try. Uh, so uh, um, we'll do one more here, and then we'll take a pause and do some sampling. Uh, but in Connecticut, uh, Willimantic, Connecticut is the home of the Willimantic Brewing Company. Uh, it was uh, opened in 1996, so this one's been around for a little while. 30 is their count on uh, different kinds of bottles, 41 on draft. 41's a lot of taps. That's a lot of taps. Willimantic yeah. is the perennial Great American Beer Bar, and they say it's easy to see why. It's a former post office that has been transformed into a beacon of good beer and good vibes. That's got a certain level of awesomeness, so, yep, too. Yep, Willimantic. So we'll come back to the list if we haven't hit your hey, state yet. We hey, definitely Cruz, what will. what you got yes. over there? I have a can of the St. Arnold German-style Springbok, which St. Arnold themselves describe as a smooth and satisfying lager. Okay, and I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I try to drink them out of that every year it comes oh, out. Yeah, because this seasonal. is the seasonal. Yeah, so and I love St. Arnold's seasonals. I don't know what it. Oh, that was beautiful. That was good, wasn't it? I don't know what it is about their seasonals. Like they have so many good ones. You know, let's face it. St. Arnold just brews. Yeah, good they beer they of, just rock of all kinds. Now, um, I, I will admit, um, I used to be a fan of the Alyssa, and I think I had it so much I just got a little burned out on the yeah, taste. Yeah. And but. But about the time I did, they came out, me loving IPAs, they came out with Art Car, which I think is the St. Arnold Art Car IPA is just fantastic. It's, that's a brilliant beer. It's just fantastic. And we've had that on here a number of times. We it's have, fantastic. and, and uh, only once as a review, sometimes just for us to drink before the show starts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's that kind of a beer. But no, it's really good. And you're right. They're seasonals. They're Christmas ale. Oh, oh, how man. good is that Christmas ale? Their Christmas ale is what I'm waiting for right now. And then they see you you do love the seasonals, don't you? <laughs> like it's, spring Christmas is, ale. Spring has just sprung and you're thinking about the Christmas ale. <laughs> well, it comes out well, earlier and earlier every and year. They make so, so many so many good beers. I mean I it's hard to even just nail them all down. Like I loved their boiler room, mm-hmm. which was their uh, Berliner Weiss, and then they turned it into their raspberry, uh, raspberry AF. Yep. AF mm-hmm. And I have and that's definitely fantastic. tried that's to fantastic. put a dent in the supply of that. Well, I can tell you that this is just very floral and hoppy on the nose, and that it's got you know just a you can just tell. By the way. Their Oktoberfest is fantastic too, uh, at St. Arnold. It's just, all their seasonals are great. Yes, but you can just tell that this is, this is just waiting for you. It's what it's. This doing. to me, is just about the epitome of a Bach. Yes, if a, you a ask real Bach. Yes, it's very multi profile, mm-hmm. very little mm-hmm. hopsy uh, profile to it. Um, very malty, very sweet, very easy to drink. This is not a high alcohol beer. I think it's what five. Oh uh, yeah, let me take a look and see if it says on the can five percentish. I think. Off the top of my head, um, I could be making that number up. Um, I'm I'm having trouble finding it on the can, uh, and it might not be but, here. We go. Oh, wait, it's six point nine. Oh, six point nine. Yes. Wow, it hides still. it well. Yes, it does. <laughs> because this feels very, very sessionable. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. So uh, that just made a liar out of me. So maybe not as sessionable as I want it to be, but that does not stop me from making a session out but of this it, beer. What it doesn't do is it doesn't make you feel like that. You know that. That feeling that you can get sometimes from the higher alcohol beers where you take a drink and you go, that was delicious, but I won't be opening another one after I finish this. There's a really interesting bitter caramel, like burnt caramel on the finish. It happens right right at the very back of the tongue. I was just about to say, it's not just a caramel, it's a burnt caramel. And so it's interesting because as sweet as this beer is, it leaves you with that little snap, and that's the hops finish on on the end of that, but it comes across with just that snap. I will say, if it didn't have that... 
this might be a this might feel like it was a little too sweet. Right. But right. that just Yeah, it just makes finishes it this perfect. beer. And and that's one of the things I really love about this is it's so well rounded. Like just the flavor profile up front. Show that to the camera. It's fantastic. Is, it's, it's a round, beautiful can. Very malty. And then with the finish, has this really crisp uh bitterness to it that finishes just it. fantastic. Like a good bitter chocolate finishes, I you know. I love it. I love it. I wish I'd brought more of this. But we do have other things <laughs> to taste, including by the way, Another St. Arnold today, so we're... We're, we're doubling up St. Arnold We're doubling today. up St. Arnold because we have the Divine Reserve number 18. So we're really excited about that. We'll tell you more about that. When we get there, more uh, locations across the country in different states of the best craft beer bar in each state. Plus, have you been to a Comic-Con lately, or, or am I the only one geeky enough to attend such an event? I, I dropped my wife off at Comic Con one time. All right. Well, uh, then your and wife, then I went mountain biking. Your wife, and then I came back and picked her up. Your wife might have noticed that Comic Cons <laughs> are quietly becoming craft beer festivals. So we'll tell you what's going on with that coming up. Nice yeah. comics and craft beer. I like it. So uh, we'll be back momentarily. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting and more from the Great American Beer Bars 2018. Welcome back. It's it's smoking and toasting. What about the segment? I'm oh, sorry. I'm going to use that as a as a uh, part of my resume if I decide to become a weatherman. Okay, good. And, <laughs> Just and I clip think that right should. out and be like, I can do it. See? By the way, weatherman, greatest job in the world. You know why? No pressure to ever be right. No, you don't have to at you all. You just no make a bunch right. of crap up. And if sometimes you hit, people go, yeah, I was watching Ian on Channel 8, and he said uh, he said it was going to rain. Look, it's raining. He must know what he's I talking love, about. I love the uh, commercials that the uh, the local oh, yeah. channels do for the weatherman, make them look all tough and awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know? Meteorologist. Joe Sobel. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, you'd be a good meteorologist. Kick weather in the butt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You need to be prepared. Joe, the- Ian Barry will have you prepared <laughs> right. with your galoshes. With your galoshes. What a um, great word. Yeah, I know. Is, galoshes is a great word. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know what's, what else is a great word or a great name? What's that? Paradiso. 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 And the Pizzeria Paradiso in DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C., is the Washington, D.C. winner for... Yeah, it is the place to go if you're in Washington, D.C. Now, this is according to the Uh craftbeer.com, best best beer pub in every state. They got uh, 200 uh, selections in bottles and cans, 12 on draft plus one cask. So I can tell you're down. Ian. Yeah, I'd be I'd be there for the cast. It's tough to go wrong with craft beer and pizza, but uh, this staff knows how to kind of make it an art. They are really good in having the highly sought after uh, independent craft beers from yep. the D.C. area. And uh, after a visit, uh, uh, they say here in the article, you'll it's one of those places you know after you go. Yeah, it's got to be nice too in the D.C. area having local craft beers consists of like five different states. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Where is that beer? Yeah, it's local. It's from Virginia. Where's that yeah. one? It's local. It's from Maryland. <laughs> Right. You know, <laughs> local from Pennsylvania, yeah, local from right. New exactly. York. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they think Yingling's a local beer there in D.C. You know, Yingling's a pretty good beer. Yingling's a very good beer. That's a pretty good. While beer. you were out, we had the um, the light beer blind taste test number two, and the Yingling Light was my number one pick. Nice. Out of all of the craft beer that we tasted, nice. um, uh, Bud Light did not do so well. <laughs> you know. 
Bud Light and Miller Light just, yeah. oddly enough, Bud Light didn't score on ours at didn't all. Didn't score on anyone's, yeah. 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 Miller Light did uh, take a few spots, but uh, Bud Light didn't do well. Yeah, Miller Light was the surprising one. You're right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Newark, Delaware. And Delaware is a very small state, by the way. Yes. You can drive through it very, very quickly. But Newark's a good place to go. And if you are there, you want to go to Two Stones Pub. It's known for its smokehouse brunch, which brings together the dream team of, and I love these things separately and really love them together, meat and craft beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, um, uh, they have a big Buddha. A six-foot-tall concrete Buddha in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the bar, and it's there to oversee what they call the beer temple. 150 selections in cans, 25 in draft. Uh, that is the Two Stone Pub in Newark, Delaware, voted the best uh, craft beer bar in the state of Delaware. That reminds me, uh, my brother-in-law Dave. Me and him have been dear friends since before he was brother-in-law, mm-hmm. and uh, we used to when he lived in Houston. We used to, I think it was Sundays, we would show up at his place and we'd sit out in the back and grill meat and we would eat this meat directly off the grill there were no plates there were no sides so (laughs) we would eat directly off the grill and have beers and or wine depending on what the night was going on it was just it was just one of those things but that's that's how it was was meat and beer that's awesome meat and beer what could be better except throw a cigar in there yeah right uh in florida the winner is from Tallahassee. Florida's got a lot of places you can drink. There's Miami and, uh, of course, Miami Beach and you know South Beach. You've got Orlando. You've got Tampa, which is known for uh, some great beer. We tried that uh, a month the ago. We tried Cigar the Cigar City, City one. Yeah, the highlight the was highlight, great. Yeah. Uh, but Growler Country in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, opened in 2014, uh, takes the prize for the state of Florida as for best beer bar. They've got uh, 50 different selections of bottles and cans, but the draft is 32 taps. Nice. 32. In Growler Country, they say you get an ever-changing but always up-to-date beer menu. So I like that. I like that, mm-hmm. too. Uh, so Growler Country, if you're in Tallahassee, Florida, a lot of college students, of course, in Tallahassee. If you're in Georgia, figure out where Ella J. Georgia is. You may have never heard of Ella J. I had not before I read this. You've never heard of that uh, at all. But if you go there and talk to a guy named Brad Simmons who owns the River Street Tavern there, you'll be talking to the man who uh, is the proprietor of the winning um, craft beer bar in the state of Georgia. So that means it beats out Atlanta, all the fancy Atlanta, you know, uh, you know, suburban communities and all the different places. There's some very hip, very trendy beer bars there. 31 selections on bottles and cans, 21 on draft, and uh, they just uh, they focus on the state's independent breweries, and that's nice. I think what probably won them this uh, uh, this award. If you're in Hawaii, and why wouldn't you want to be? Uh, you want to, vil- uh, to uh, visit the Village Bottle Shop and Tasting Room in Honolulu. Uh, 16 taps and 500 or more oh. selections in bottles and cans. They are the first combined bottle shop and tasting room in the state of Hawaii. And they are the winner for nice. I mean, if you're in Hawaii, you're already like having a great <laughs> Some time. Some good yeah. things are happening. Good things are happening all <laughs> around you. Uh, so just go and visit that place. If you're in Boise, Idaho now... You may really be looking for something to do. <laughs> I've driven through know, Idaho. And props to my friends in Boise. There's a lot of... Uh, yeah. Fields. You want to check out uh, the uh, the Bitter Creek Ale House in uh, Boise. Four hundred plus selections in bottles and cans. Forty one on draft, and their beer list will tell you how much they value local breweries. And again, if you're in nice. Boise, Idaho, yeah. like when are you and I going to be able to, other than maybe visiting this, be able to taste 
a beer selection from right, Boise, right. Idaho. And you got guys there making great beers. So I love uh, this craft beer explosion. Uh, the uh, the state of Illinois, you want to go to Ocean Park, and you want to visit the Brass Tap. It was founded in 2014. Uh, they have 130 in bottles and cans, 130 different uh, choices, and 60 all lined up in a row taps. Wow. 60 taps is a lot. a lot of taps. Yeah, is a lot. And they are... Uh, just uh, you know, again, focusing on um, you know a lot of local and regional breweries, uh, draft beers like Pollyanna, Maplewood, and Noon Whistle, none of which I have ever had. So like I'm, I'm now curious. <laughs> noon like, Whistle, sounds what's up awesome. with that? Let's go Noon Whistle, baby. You know, uh, it's 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 funny because a lot of those places too, like even Rudyard's here in Houston and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Mongoose versus Cobra, Cobra. Yes, they have the digital. Uh, beer lists mm-hmm. now that'll scroll through all the different things, but that way they can just type in what's what they have and what they don't have. I love it. Ritual over in the Heights, they have the big board that's kind of like if you were in a, uh, a train station yeah. up in North, like Grand Central Station. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. One more here for this segment Pela, Iowa, P E L A. I've never been to Pela. Uh, but they have a place there called the Cellar Peanut Pub, and you have to go to craftbeer.com just to look at the picture of this place because it just looks awesome. <laughs> 50 craft beers on draft and uh, some of the most knowledgeable staff. They've got another 23 or so in bottles and cans, but clearly the draft is what it's all about here. Every pub tender at this location is a certified beer server through the Cicerone program. That means they are not only more than happy to pour you a craft beer, they're more than happy to chat about it, and they know what they're talking about, nice. and that can make it the uh, that can make a thing really fun. You know, if your if your bartender really knows the beer instead of just uh, going, yeah, I don't know, uh, try it, and and yeah. and I don't mind those guys either as long as they're willing. I to like you know, I like the the uh, the customer service when you walk into a place like that and you ask, what do you guys have that's interesting or something like that, mm-hmm. and they actually know a bit about it. You know, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll tell like you, what, kind of, what, like, what style do you like? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we have this and this and this. You know, right? Exactly. And and they can make recommendations, maybe pour you a little sample so you can check it out. It's fun. Yes, that's one of the most fun things I, to do. So I'm waiting for that sound. I will tell you. Oh, you dragged that out. I did. I did. I went slow with that. It's <laughs> like foreplay. Um, I I will tell you that I'm. Not sure I'm going to like this beer. Now, I haven't tried it yet. Uh, but I'm not a huge fan of wheat ales, and that's what this is. And I'm also not a huge fan of, uh, you know, we talked about how great we uh, think St. Arnold is, but I don't care at all for lawnmower. Now, I know tons of people who do. That's just not, it's just not, doesn't fit my palate. And I, I think lawnmower's yeah, fine. I don't like the, I don't like the grassiness necessarily. I don't, now, I don't go out of my way for lawnmower, but I'll definitely drink it if it's the one they have. Like, the, the little corner store by my house, that's yeah. about the only decent beer that they keep there. Right, right. And so I, I So drink, it's an easy one to yeah, grab yeah. So if you're So lawnmower is an occasional in. for me. Do you have to go outside to go to that store? <sighs> Um, you, you disgust me. <laughs> disgust me, Chris. <laughs> uh, here, here is the Grass Monkey, uh, which is what we're about to sample here. It is uh, from uh, the fine people at Sweetwater uh, Brewing Company. And um, again, uh, it's a uh, hoppy wheat ale with lemongrass. Let me read you what it says here. Spring got sprung with this funky monkey. We dropped a big stash of lemon drop hops into both the... Uh, uh, the bottle and the dry, uh, the kettle and the dry hop, delivering a big citrus blast, which that sounds like something I might like, and topped it all off with lemongrass addition for a refreshing twist. Light in body with bright citrus notes. It's an extremely complex but very easy drinking brew. What do you think, Ian? Um, 
it tastes exactly like what they said with the grass and the lemon. Mm-hmm. It's like, except for instead of lemon, it's like you just bit into the rind. Well, that's like, right know, into the peel. There. Lemongrass certainly has that that taste to it. That it's bitterness not a, to it. Yeah, right. It, you get the bitterness without the sort of sweet of the citrus. And in this beer, the citrus is going to come from the hops. Is is where yes. the the citrus is going to come from, but. I will tell you, I don't get much on the nose. No, not much Maybe at just all. Just a little tiny. I will bit also of tell you that the first sip of this, mm-hmm. eh, it was a little too, a uh, little too citrus, a little too right. sour citrus. The second sip of this, I, I like it much better. Hmm. Um, you sort of settle into the took, flavor. Yeah, a it took bit. me a minute to settle into the flavor. So I think, I think this is a good drinkable beer. I don't mm-hmm. think it would be my first choice. We do have it nice and cold, which I would say is. Uh, something you would definitely want. I would not want this beer even slightly warm. I don't think uh, with a cigar you'd even taste this beer. Probably not. And that might make it a good choice for, you know, again, it's it's designed to be a spring, you know, I'm pretty sure this is a seasonal uh, for Sweetwater uh, as well. And it's, uh, I will say I'm going to say that I like it better than I expected to. Right. It is not as grassy as Lawnmower uh, is, which, you know, can turn me off a little bit. Again, Props to everybody that loves lawnmower. It's just not my thing, um, but uh, but I I, I kind of like this. I do also like don't float the mainstream, which they have <laughs> across the top of the can, which is pretty cool too. Yeah, I mean it, maybe it's a plus or a minus to this beer that there's just not a lot of balance to the profile at mm-hmm. all. It's just there and gone, and leaves right. a, a little of that sour lemon yes, on the back. The sour lemon, almost like a Lingers. lemon rind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's very much yeah, very much the peel of it. Um, I don't know. It's the, bad. The appeal. The appeal, but I'm But you know, <laughs> <laughs> look what you did there. Uh, yeah, look what I did. Uh, well, it's it's a very interesting beer, a nice and light and refreshing, which should stand in total contrast to the next one we will try, <laughs> which will be in our final segment. We'll be trying the St. Arnold Divine Reserve 18. So we'll be telling you about that. Plus, uh, coming up in our next segment, and it, good that we went with a, a little bit lighter beer. Uh, there because in the next segment we'll be trying an artisan gin, and I don't think we'd want to try this after. You know, a barrel-aged uh, <laughs> uh, oak stout or something. So, uh, Roxor will be the gin we'll be trying in the next segment. Plus, hopefully, we'll get to your state if we haven't yet and tell that you is about a the great-looking bottle, the it? best brew pub in your state. We may have to continue that on the next episode. Yeah, uh, we're, we're plowing through it pretty good. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends. Smoking and toasting is the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, we are uh, here with show number 81, the best craft beer bars in every state. And uh, we are going to be uh, sampling some gin. That's kind of unusual for us to do a gin. We Ordinarily, we have a tendency to stay with whiskeys, rums, and mm-hmm. uh, tequilas. Uh, but we branch out every now and then, and, try, and and we've always enjoyed when we have, so we'll be trying it, Jen. We're also going through and uh, talking to you about the best craft beer bars in every state. Now, it's not a craft beer bar, but one of our favorite places to go in both Houston and Fort Worth is the home of our sponsor, which is B&B Butchers and Restaurant. They're at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and they have wonderful, wonderful bar selection. Yes. They've got some very interesting beers 
Uh, but they're not really known as a beer place. They're really known no, more for their whiskeys. They and have rums a very and, limited selection, but their selection is very, uh, very interesting very and, and well curated. Yes. yes, absolutely. Well, you know, this is this is what happens when you've got a guy like Jeremiah curating yeah. things for you. He he makes he'll keep it interesting, and right. uh, <laughs> he obviously knows his whiskey. And really, rum's starting to become a passion for Jeremiah yeah. too. So it's interesting to watch that kind of develop uh, at the. Uh, at the B&B. But anyway, check that place out. Now, if you're in Wichita, Kansas, uh, the place that people who live in the state of Kansas have uh, voted as their best craft beer bar is a place called The Anchor. It's a woman-owned craft beer-centric neighborhood bar that has evolved with the uh, sort of uh, downtown district in Wichita that's kind of come alive over the last few years. It's a brick building, 10 ceiling, 175 different choices and bottles in cans, and 58 on draft. So that's not bad. Uh, From the picture, it almost looks like a diner, like a really cool little diner, which is different. I mean, it's got big windows in the front and stuff. It's a little different than your typical, you think craft beer bar, you think darker, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, more of a nighttime vibe. But... uh, but this place is looking good, and a big part of the uh, downtown Wichita resurgence, which is apparently apparently a thing. In Kentucky, if you're in Louisville, which is probably the place you want to be in Kentucky, uh, you want to go to Holy Grail, G-R-A-L-E, Holy Grail. Uh, they were opened in 2010. They were originally a small Unitarian church in the uh, heart of Louisville's Highlands neighborhood, but since uh, 2010... They've developed a reputation for amazing beer, food, and events. And uh, if you are on the search for the holy grail of beer experiences, you may want to try this place. 75 different uh, selections and bottles and cans, 27 on draft. But again, this was in a former church that was built in 1905. So you nice. know the vibe is going to be like I've been to, really awesome. I've been know? to a place in uh, Pittsburgh called the Church Brew Works. Yes. That is a former I church. Like big, it. big I stone like church. Yeah. yeah. That that totally <clears throat> works for me. Totally works for me. Uh, the Bulldog Uptown in New Orleans, Louisiana. Nolans. Nolans, darling. Uh, they are located on the corner of Magazine and Pleasant Streets in the heart of the Garden District and the Magazine uh, Street Entertainment District. And they offer one of the most dog-friendly patios in the entire city of New nice. Orleans. I love when you go out for a beer someplace. They've got the outdoor uh, patio and people have brought along their dogs. Yes. It's just absolutely awesome. Uh, the Bulldog Uptown has over 100 different selections in cans and bottles, 48 on draft. And I can see their draft wall in this photo here, and it looks Awesome. Nice. Yes. I, I love a good draft wall. Yeah. I really do. It's just a very exciting thing to see when you walk into a place nice. that they've gone to the wall with the, the draft. Um, you know? The ginger man here in town has that brass <laughs> oh, wall. Yes. The brass wall. Yeah. Yes, yes. Very That's cool. such a cool looking tap wall. In Portland, Maine, in 1979, an establishment opened called the Great Lost Bear, and that is uh, what... Mainers have voted their that, favorite. That place. wins for best name so oh, far. Oh, totally. And it's also the longest running bar on this entire list from all the nice. states. Uh, so, um, you know, Great Lost Bear, they were craft beer pioneers. I can tell you from living up in the Boston area and spending some time in Portland, Maine, that is a great craft beer city. They really, really do a lot with craft beer. And according to the article here, uh, the city of Portland, Maine has uh, the great lost bear to think uh, to thank for you know kind of getting that interest started way back in 1979 nice. if you think about it that's it wasn't that a lot predates of, a lot of craft beer a beers, lot though. of interest in craft beer back then so uh in baltimore maryland max's tap house and i have been to max's tap house in baltimore and i can tell you that it is wonderful you're gonna love this 105 draft taps plus 
five hand pumps. Five hand pumps. Nice. So that's 110 different, you know, fresh beer choices, right? Plus casks. Plus bottles and cans. Over 2,000 different varieties. Oof. This may win the award for the most that we've heard. Most. And it's a great place. The Tap House is known for having extremely fresh rotating drafts and really one of the most extensive bottle and can uh, beer lists in the world. Unreal. Like, yeah. Uh, it, they're also known for a Belgian beer festival, which they do on President's Day weekend, uh, followed on Monday by the Sour Beer Festival after President's Day weekend. So kind of a cool little thing. Max's Tap House. I thought you were going to say, followed on Monday by a massive hangover. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that comes Tuesday after both the events. Right. Uh, in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. And I, I love Massachusetts because they can't figure out how they want to pronounce things. Worcester is spelled W O R. C-H-E-S-T-E-R. So if you live somewhere other than Massachusetts, you'd be tempted to call it Worcester, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's pronounced Worcester. And there's also a city in the greater Boston area called Dorchester, D-O-R-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. But it is not pronounced Duster. It's pronounced <laughs> Dorchester. So there is no rhyme or reason. But anyway. Sometimes can, you use all the letters, sometimes you don't. That's exactly right. In Massachusetts, they kind of do it how they want. And they have chosen Armsby Abbey in Worcester as the place to go. A hundred uh, different selections in bottles and cans. 22 on draft. And I will tell you, I've not been to Armsby Abbey, but I, I will tell you this. I can't think of a diff- another reason to go to Worcester. So, uh, <laughs> so I will. I would say if you're going to be in Worcester, definitely uh, visit that should be the place. To Armsby go. Abbey. Uh, and finally, for this segment, the Brown Iron Brew House in Washington Township, Montana. Uh, their strategy uh, at the Brown Iron is to get uh, customers to fall in love with craft beer as much as they do, and they love craft beer. Uh, four different selections in bottles and cans. Four. 70 on draft. Holy cow. Yeah. But I love four. Four selections of bottles so and you got to figure they probably got Bud Light, Miller Light, and Coors Light, and something else in bottles and cans, and everything that's, else is on tap. That's pretty yeah. funny. That's like, uh, you know, the petrol station here yep. doesn't yep. have any of those uh, mainstream beers. Yeah. If you go in and ask for a Bud Light, the closest thing yeah. you're going to get to it is an agave wheat. Uh, well, there you go. That's you know? it. That's like... <laughs> we only have craft beer here. Agave wheat might be a fun thing to sample. Well, yeah, and I had a, a you know, a birthday get together there a few years back, and uh, my uh, my wife's cousins showed up, and they drank the macro brews, mm. and they drank a lot of it, mm-hmm. and they were baffled at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what am I like, going to drink? You need the agave wheat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is just fine. Interestingly, I'm about to pop the top on the gin, and I'm discovering that it is a screw off top. So. <laughs> that's about the well best, done, sir. That's the best, about the best sound effect I can. Generate you can also from. blow across the top to get the. Yeah, I'm not good at this. Oh well, we'll try it. <laughs> we sh- I should have practiced that off air. Uh, it was worth trying. So, Roxor is a relatively inexpensive, uh, uh, but a, a very handcrafted artisan type of gin, and this is. Uh, are you familiar with what this costs in in the store, Ian? The twenty store? bucks. Twenty, not tw- not even twenty nine. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Wow, that's my a- um, my wife was in specs, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they have these sample tables. Oh yes, that's very very good like that. And uh, and she walked up to one to try this gin because she likes to make a martini and she likes gin martinis, mm-hmm. you know. And she tried this and immediately bought it. Wow. And I thought. 
Okay, we'll try a gin. You know, a lot of gins very juniper heavy and stuff. We've had mm-hmm. a couple gins on here. We yeah. had that uh, barrel aged gin that was yes. quite good, and we've had the uh, uh, Mattias uh, Horseman and his amazing yes. uh, his amazing gin and tonic <laughs> machine, uh, which also was great. Um, but this this is, one's different. Uh, it, it's interestingly uh, got this great little uh, tag that hangs on the bottleneck. It says Texas first and best gin chef recipe small batch, te- uh, batch Texas gin. Perhaps the most attractive gift in the world, it says. <laughs> I'm going to tell you uh, what uh, I think about this particular gin. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of gins that when you try it just straight, mm-hmm. you go, man, that's delicious. Man, that's delicious. Yes. See what I mean? I just tried. And it's, are you serious this bottle is $20? 20 bucks. Dude, I am heading there after 20 bucks. Work. What's interesting about it, though, is if you read the other side of that tag there, mm-hmm. The uh, the right side of the tag, yep. it tells you about what they do different. So than they do soft gin. steeping for twenty four hours to extract the perfume notes of the botanicals, juniper fresh Texas grapefruit, which you can totally taste yes. in here, lime zest, Texas pecans. Yes. Now I did, I don't know if I tasted that. I'll have to go back again. That, I think that adds to the sweetness that you get right yep. up front on this. Cocoa nibs and hibiscus all help provide the signature taste. One taste and you will know why. And what's really interesting here in is that it says batch number and bottle number, and then there it is hand numbered. Yes, it, this particular bottle is batch number three forty, bottle number twenty eight forty eight. This wow. gets a Paris First Quality Index oh, of about time. seven or, or eight. About seven or real eight, quick. Yeah. The taste that beats the big British gins, and I have to say, from New Artisan well, Spirits. Well, so you know, gin generally, like if you have mm-hmm. the uh, the big names gin, generally is a bitter. A bitter drink, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, that's not bad. It's Which just is balanced by the botanical, but right? Yes. And then you get the floral with the bitter. So actually, mm-hmm. not too unlike the way uh, the way a uh, an IPA works. Mm-hmm. You get that bitter from the hops, and you get that real floral kind of thing that work together. This has a sweetness that you don't generally get from gin, and it, the cocoa nibs and the and the mm-hmm. pecans mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. in there. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it really and is. Delicious. Let me tell you about an amazing martini. Mm-hmm. Like that makes a brilliant martini. I bet it does. Yeah, I bet it it's does. It's so interesting and I'm so good. I'm just thinking good. how good this would be, like as a dirty martini, like with yeah. the olive juice. Yeah, with the and olives. The, uh-huh. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's that makes. Uh, and as you can see, my wife has uh, uh, tried to try know, to put a dent in it. Try yes. to put quite the dent in. And it. I will tell you, this is you know, uh, gin is definitely fourth or fifth on my list yeah. of favorite spirits. Definitely not in the top three. But this is good. I could get used to drinking this. Well, you know, I brought that specifically today because of the price point it's in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so good. If you're going to have one gin on your shelf, um, you might as well have a good and interesting one. Well, I want you to tell your wife thank you for adding a really interesting, <laughs> I will do. Really interesting thing to today's show. Uh, you were listening to Smoke and a Toast, and we're doing Craft Beer, Fine Spirits, and Hand-Rolled Cigars. One more segment in which we will delve into the mystery behind St. Arnold Divine Reserve number 18. Plus, we'll finish up our craft uh, bar list. Uh, coming up, Smoke and a Toast. Um, <laughs> On the beach in Hawaii. Oh, 
This is not the worst job I've had. That makes me happy. It just makes me happy. (laughs) You are listening to Smoking and Toasting. You are correct, Ian. This is not the worst job we've had. Not by a long shot. Uh, Welcome back to the show. It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, This is show number 81, talking about the best craft beer bars in every state. We've got quite a bit of the list to get get through uh, so that we can cover your state or your home state or a state you might be visiting soon. So I want to make sure that we are able to do that. State of confusion. (laughs) State of independence. Whatever you got. Whatever you're going for, state yes. of ridiculousness. State of ridiculousness. Um, these uh, these were voted on by the readers of craftbeer.com, and so you voted in your own state uh, and said this is we think the coolest place in in my state. So uh, in uh, Minnesota, it's the Mankato Brewery in uh, Mankato, Minnesota. I've never been to Mankato, but I had a, a buddy once that was from there. Uh, they I've have never even s- heard of that. Interestingly enough. They have uh, 17, um, 17 choices in bottles and cans, but 12 on draft. But they are focused on authentic beers that are all about the region and the people. <laughs> so they're not messing around with stuff from elsewhere. You're, right. you're getting Mankato. You don't you have to have a ton of drafts. You just have to have good ones. The right ones. Yeah, yeah. it's just like it, it's about curation, really, more so than, uh, than, than choice. In Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the Porter, 100 plus in bottles and cans, and it's 100 plus different you know, selections. And 24 on draft. It's a true public house experience by offering American pub fare and locally brewed beers from Mississippi. I would love to sample the local Mississippi brewers. That's what's great about this whole craft yeah. beer thing is the local beers in every area. Some of them are just outstanding. Yeah. And you're like, oh, please come to my home state, please. Uh, in Kansas City, the beer station, B-I-E-R, beer station, 28 different taps with draft and 400 different selections in uh, bottles and cans. The staff really knows what they're doing there, and they blend a tavern environment with a package store. Kind of cool. Huh. Uh, then there's the Dram Shop in Missoula, Montana. Uh, 110 different selections in bottles and cans, 40 on draft, and they are the first Montana standalone growler fill station and tap room. Nice. That does sound fun, doesn't it? Growlers uh, are great. In uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, the Happy Raven. R-A-V-E-N, the Happy Raven. It's located in an old bank, and it's turned itself into a destination for independent craft beer and conversation. 100-plus in bottles and cans, 18 on tap, and it just looks like fun. Yeah, you'll you'll love the picture of it when you... Anytime you're drinking in an old bank, like mm-hmm. we have the Bank Draft Brewery here, yes, and we also yes. have... Uh, um, Rockefellers. Uh-huh. It's always fun. Yeah, it's always fun. Uh, there's Aces and Ales in Las Vegas, Nevada. And Ian, you and I have been to Las Vegas. We were actually there together for the big smoke. And I knew nothing about Aces and Ales. So this has to either. be on our destination list for next time we go. Uh, incredible beers uh, paired with a full scratch kitchen and an inviting atmosphere. Uh, in spring and fall, you can spend nights under the stars on the patio and the fireplace. They are proudly leading the revolution for Las Vegas craft beer drinkers longing to break free from the norm. 150 selections in bottles and cans, 50. On draft. And by the way, in Las Vegas, when they say under the stars, there are no clouds in that sky. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, None. yeah. Stars, stars, stars. Not at all. Uh, the Portsmouth Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire is a wonderful place that I've actually uh, been to. It was founded in 1991. It was New Hampshire's original brew pub, and uh, they've got 20 different uh, drafts on tap. And they're de- definitely, uh, there's only a few of these I've ever actually been to. That's one, and I had the most amazing time there. you got to go if you're nice. in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, uh, the uh, Cork City Ale House in Hoboken, New Jersey, was founded in 2009. 151 different choices in uh, bottles and cans. 42 plus six casks wow. on draft. 
So I know your eyes just lit up when I, I said love six casks. Yeah. Uh, aside from traditional brewery tap takeovers, they say Corkhouse Ale is known mostly for their theme-based tap takeovers. So uh, they they do a whole bunch of uh, things that sound like a lot of fun. And you know, if you're in New York City, getting out to Hoboken can be a nice change of pace. Get out of the city and uh, you know maybe uh, enjoy a place that has a little room to, to like stretch your arms and <laughs> you yeah. know, stretch your legs. So if you're in Santa Fe, New Mexico, you must visit the Rowley Farmhouse. Rowley Farmhouse Ales, a small and independently owned brewery and farm to table gastro pub. Uh, 20 plus selections in bottles and cans, but more on tap, 24 on tap. Nice. So, and this, uh, you can tell this is just a farmhouse where they're doing like this. <laughs> I mean, they've got this great little like uh, organic farm stuff going on and local brew. I mean, I could get lost in a place like that. Uh, nice. Uh, Copper City Brewing Company in Rome, New York. Uh, founded in 2016, 12 on draft. It's the first brewery in Rome, Rome, New York, in over 70 years. That's pretty cool. And it's serving beer lovers incredibly fresh beer, all made from New York State products. So nice. A very cool idea. Uh, in uh, Arden, North Carolina, there's the Craft-Centric Craft Room and Bottle Shop. Let me say that again. Oh, the craft-centric tap room. I'm sorry, I misread it. Craft-centric tap room and bottle shop. Known for a new and unique take on the bottle shop slash tap room concept, they focus more on artistic approach rather than a brewery tin tack theme. Uh, they commissioned a local audience to paint a skull exploding hops from its head, which I would uh, uh, love. I like that. They've got uh, 16 taps and 375 choices in bottles That's and cans. That's a lot of beer choices. We're almost through with this, and we're going to taste us some Divine Reserve. There is the worst beer hall in Fargo, North Dakota. The worst beer hall. That's nice. And uh, it's worst, of course, W-R-S-T, like bratwurst, and beer, B-I-E-R, like the German uh, uh, spelling of beer. It's the only German-themed bar in town in Fargo, and you can sit along long communal tables. Uh, keeping with tradition, they celebrate MyFest as well as a three-weekend-long Oktoberfest. That's a big deal with the locals. 20 in bottles and cans, 41 on draft. I like Drinking establishments that have the communal tables, yeah, because it really, it really, kind it of, really invites talking to the people next to you. And particularly you know? if it's a craft beer place, you talk about the beer. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy conversation starter, and pretty soon you get a new friend, yep. which is what we all need, right? Uh, in in Brewfontaine, Ohio. Uh, there is a place called Brewfontaine. It was founded in 2015. 60 choices in bottles and cans, 16 on tap, and their draft list is ever-changing. They are known uh, for being the place that never has the same draft list. So, <laughs> so I Bella like Fontaine. Bell, I'm sorry, did I say Brewfontaine? Yes. I'm thinking brew. Bella Fontaine uh, in Bella Fontaine. Good. Thank you. Uh, there is Oak and Ore in Oklahoma City. Uh, educated staff is one thing, but to be serious about the beer, you have to have the right tools, they say. They have a unique draft system that allows them to dial in each tap for the perfect pour in the appropriate glassware at four different style appropriate temperatures. So they are serious about their that's beer. A, Everything on draft, 36 selections. That's beer snobbery at its best. And that's in Oklahoma City, of all places. <clears throat> Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, oak and ore. Be sure to check it out. Uh, all right. We are almost done. There is uh, the Beer Mongers in uh, Portland, Oregon. So Portland, Oregon is the the hippest city in, yeah. in the world. I'm sure you realize that. If you don't believe me, just talk to anybody who lives in Portland. Yes. And uh, they will tell you all about it. <laughs> so to win Oregon, I mean, you've got a, you've got a, quite a bit of competition. Sean Campbell calls Beer Mongers more a community than a bar. It began in September of, 20, of 2009. As an idea conceived by two friends who love beer. Just kind of like this show. Uh, 600 different selections in bottles and 
cans, 11 on draft. And uh, they think that Portland's the greatest beer city in the world. Uh, they're not embarrassed to tell you about it. And they wanted to create a comfortable environment for all beer lovers to shop, taste, and enjoy the incredible variety that Portland offers. So I love nice. that they're so local focused. Yeah. I think that's uh, very cool. In Lidditz, Pennsylvania, there's the Bullhead Public House. And the uh, Bullhead is a very old style, uh, like so many of the of the pubs and things are in the uh, greater Pennsylvania, uh, in the in the greater uh, Philadelphia area. They're more than a traditional British pub, though. They offer great food-friendly conversation and over 70 beers in uh, bottles and cans, uh, 17 on draft, including 14 rotating beers, two cask-conditioned ales, and then, of course, all the different uh, bottles. They're trying to bring awesome. the traditional British pub vibe uh, to Pennsylvania from seat-yourself policy to ordering at the bar. That sounds like a lot of fun. There's Norries in uh, uh, Newport, Rhode Island. Um, it's tough for them to say what makes this 18-year-old beer bar stand out. They say just a little bit of everything is unique. The beer selection, there's 110 bottles and cans, 21 on draft. The staff, the food cooked right in front of you in an open kitchen. They have a huge following. And Newport, Rhode Island is a great place to visit and drink. What a wonderful little town. Plus I people love Newport. talk funny. Yes, they do, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> there's the craft stand in uh, Lancaster, South Carolina, 200-plus in bottles and cans, 24 on draft. There is uh, Rapid City. Uh, South Dakota's um, I'm sorry, Independent Ale House. Thank you. Some of these are, are a little bit hard to read the way they, they came out. In Knoxville, Tennessee Hops and Hollers 140 in bottles and cans 32 on draft. In uh, Canyon, Texas the Imperial Taproom nice. has one for the second year in a row, by the way. Uh, yeah, I've been it, to Canyon. It, have you been to the Imperial Tap Room? I have not. Uh, well, it's uh, the bar's ability to create a world tap list, they say, in an area with limited beer, limited beer distribution, while stubbornly refusing to carry macro beer on its menu isn't just impressive, it's dedication. That's what they <laughs> say here. Uh, the Beer Hive Pub in Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, 300 in bottles and cans, 24 on draft. And in Brattleboro, Vermont, the Whetstone Station, Vermonters take their beer and food very, very seriously. Uh, so... Uh, and there's a lot of great craft beer uh, being brewed in Vermont. In uh, Virginia, I'm sorry, yes, Virginia, Fredericksburg, Virginia, Harry's Alehausen, or Alehouse, sorry, thought there was an N on the end. Uh, 20 in bottles and cans, 24 in draft. In uh, the wonderful state of Washington, North Jetty Brewing, the brewery and tap room, only five selections in bottles and cans, only 15 on draft. So this is all about curation. Yes. Uh, and it offers Seattle people in a way to escape from the city and do a rather relaxed beercation. Environment so, has a lot yeah, to do with yeah, it. It really does. And finally, uh, in Huntington, uh, West Virginia, the Summit Beer Station, 120 in bottles and cans, 24 on draft. They've recently expanded, and it is pretty darn uh, nice, according to what I'm seeing here. The Brass Tap in Greenfield, Wisconsin, 135 in bottles and cans, 80 on draft. And in uh, Sheridan, Wyoming, founded in 2010, Bra Black Tooth Brewing Company, with six different selections in bottles and cans, and 13 on draft. So again, all about the curation. You've I know that was powered a, that. List. I know that was a long list, and we have some. Aren't divine, you thirsty now? I am so thirsty, and we got <laughs> Divine uh, Eighteen to taste. Ian, can you tell us anything about Divine Eighteen? Yes. Uh, I know it's a. Uh, I know it's a. Oh, that was nice. I'm going to start off with this one's not a surprise. This one's in a bomber, but by the way, it comes in six packs as well. Yes. Also, <laughs> you can get it on tap in certain places. Oh yeah. Including the uh, new potato. Oh, I love the new potato. Yeah, We've done do a show too. there. What an awesome place. Yes. <laughs> this is 13.4%, my friend. Holy moly. This is big. Yeah. Yep. 
This is an American It's a good thing double. we don't have another show after this one or something. That would, <laughs> that would be like, whoa, after this? This is an American double imperial stout. So it's a double imperial stout. Right. Holy moly. I'll uh, go ahead and read you straight off the- uh, Please do. Uh, this is uh, Beer Advocate, I think I'm on. Mm-hmm. I love Beer Advocate, by the way. It's a great site. Uh, let's see here. Diving into darkness, you can gain insight into your potential- Allow the absence of light and truly find what it means to have it. This approach was taken designing Divine Reserve number 18. How can we push the limits of our brew house? Um, our House St. Arnold's yeast, ourselves, how many test brews of Imperial Stouts? We found the process uh, needed to create a beer with massive amounts of flavor and aromatic qualities. Let me just go ahead and I'm going to drop that. Okay. Um, this beer... Mm-hmm. Might be one of the best beers ever. Oh wow! So that's that's now that uh, Ian, that's a very large claim. So I'm going to show this to the camera. Uh, it is definitely dark. It's what you would expect an imperial stout to look like, and it's definitely got you know uh, it's got some viscosity. You can tell before you drink it, but it doesn't look it doesn't look like it's going to be chewy. Like no some light of the will go through this beer. <laughs> but yes, no light will go through this, this is beer. Thirteen. It is, it is the definition of percent. opaque. Yes, yeah. this is thirteen and a half percent. And it's so deliciously drinkable. Wow, Ian. <laughs> this might be one of the best beers ever. This is like drinking a dessert. You had the same exact uh, response that I had when I first tried it. Wow. I was just taken aback and this going, is, this holy This is honestly cow. like drinking a dessert, like a perfectly balanced. You know when you're like out at a restaurant and you go, well, I don't think I'm going to really have dessert, but then you try it and you go, oh, I'm not really that hungry. And then you take that first fork or spoonful of whatever it is and the pastry chef or the dessert chef has just made something that is so incredibly well blended all the flavors just kind of melt together in your mouth that's what this reminds me of I'm going to say a couple things I'm going to say um, bitter bitter dark chocolate Mm -hmm. I'm going to say mocha Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say dark cherries yes I taste all of those Yes, and yet there's almost some cinnamon and nuttiness to it as well <laughs> yes, i mean am i, am I there's a lot going on? on yeah the yeah. cinnamon actually i didn't peg until you said it um but i can i can totally see that this mm. is unbelievable i saint arnold's has adam, done did it. i pour you some of this oh yeah oh yeah you saw the look on adam's face there too uh, i wish the camera had caught that because that was the same sort of reaction that I think we so, had. So, yeah, I give them hands down on this. This is, I think, the best beer that's ever come out of the brewery. It's, it's amazing. certainly my favorite divine selection that I've ever tried. Absolutely. And they've had some great beers. Like, oh, my God. They're, they're and so the Bishop's good. Barrel and like, everything that but they But this do. takes the cake because this has everything. It's got balance from front to back. It's got body. It's got... The, the big sweet flavor. It's got a nice bitter finish. It doesn't leave you uh, with a stickiness. I almost wish we had tried this early in the show so we could just keep telling people throughout the entire How show. How good it is. Oh my God, you've got to go get some Divine 18. This is like, now, now, when St. Arnold used to release uh, Divine, say back seven or eight years ago, uh, they would they would run out like the day it yeah, was released. You would have to be in line at a store to get it. Now, because there's so many different you know, crappier options and stuff, you can now find uh, the Divine Reserve when it hits the store. And uh, so this was, quite frankly, downstairs at my little place that I can go without, you know, 
having to put clothes on. I, you know, stuff. I always picture you in fuzzy slippers and boxer yeah, and shorts. And that's exactly how I go down there. Yeah, I, I was down there just like that. Fuzzy slippers <laughs> and, and a boxer shorts. Buying the St. Arnold Divine Reserve, and I think they have more. So go to the How much Phoenicia was that? Uh, how much was the bomber? I think it was $20. Yeah, yeah like $19.95. And that's it's worth yeah. every penny of that. That it, is it an totally outstanding is. beer. There are times when you pay you know, a lot of money for a bomber, and you go, well, that was good, but yeah. I don't know if it was worth yeah, $20. $20, right, yeah. Uh, but this was this was absolutely worth it, and I will buy more. Yes. So what a high and note. What would be really nice about this, too, is to buy it and store it for a while mm-hmm. and see what it's like in a couple years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what a high note to close the show on. We want to thank uh, everybody involved with today's show, and we want to uh, excitedly tell you to stay tuned because we'll be announcing the details about upcoming show in just a couple of weeks uh, live from Los Angeles, and we're, we're psyched about that. So. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it's going to be it's going to be a good Cheers. time. Uh, beer, beer and spirits will be consumed. Cigars will be smoked. It'll be another typical episode of Smoking and Toasting. Uh, thanks to our friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Have a great week, my friends. I'm so sorry that we run out of time for sampling the Mumford & Sons IPA. One day we'll get to that. But we will try to get to that. Thank you and have a great week. And uh, spring is here. Cheers. Cheers, my friends.